The opinions expressed are those of the show hosts and may not necessarily be of any company in which the show hosts may represent. Attention podcast subscribers. Stitcher, one of our podcast partners, will be closing its doors on August 29th, 2023. According to email we've received, they will continue to operate until this date. They thank everyone for the opportunity over the last decade to have the best possible podcast listening experience. We will look to get our podcasts available through SiriusXM as there was a link in the email to do so. This may be a significant change and they advise that we put out a notice both at the beginning and the end of each podcast. So that's exactly what we're doing. If you would like direct links to our content, please visit technology blog and podcast link jaredtech.help and look under the links around the website for uh, information in regards to RSS and uh, contact information. And if you're listening to this through the dual feed on 986 The Mix, you can find a direct podcast subscription link on our podcast page at 986themix.com slash podcasts. If you have any questions or you would like direct links sent directly to you by email, please send me an email at jaredreimer at 986themix.com. That's J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com. You can send them regardless of what podcast you are listening to. And I will be happy to send you the corresponding link. Please make sure that you tell me which podcast you are coming from so I can send you the appropriate link. Thank you so much for listening and do make it a great day. Hello folks, welcome to the Technology Podcast. This is program number 374 and I've had this sitting around a while and I have been meaning to get it out because it talks about Android, which is something we hardly talk about because I'm not versed in it. But I found this video through Mastodon 
and I don't have a link to it anymore, but it covers Android accessibility updates from speech and braille to hearing and even some developer stuff which might not make sense to a good majority of our listeners but you could definitely pass along what you've learned to any developers so they can better make their apps accessible to you as an android user i do have some thoughts so stay tuned after the video where i will talk about some things that i have some concerns on in regards to this video and it does include the accessibility components when it comes to development so the program is coming right up and i'll have contact information at the end thanks so much for listening Hi, my name is Nimmer, and I work on the Android team. I'm joined today with Charlene and Karen, and we're going to talk about what's new in Android accessibility. We have been working hard on features and tools for both users and developers to enhance accessibility to Android. We will cover updates to TalkBack and Braille, tools for hearing accessibility, and new accessibility developments for developers. In 2023, we focus on hearing and vision products and improve the ways for, for, to support developers in supporting accessibility in their services. TalkBack is a screen reader. It allows for non-visual access to an Android device. It does this through speech, braille, and voice commands. Actions have been added to the reading controls in TalkBack 13.1. Actions are contextual. For instance, while focused on an edit field, actions allow you to cut, copy and paste, and when focused on an email in Gmail, allows you to archive or delete the email. Hints are provided when actions are available. To use actions, swipe right with three fingers to find the actions in reading controls. Then swipe down with one finger to get a list of the available actions and double tap to select the desired action. Split tap typing allows for typing using the on-screen keyboard without lifting your finger off the screen. Using one finger, locate the desired letter, then using the second finger, tap anywhere. Without lifting your first finger, find the next letter that you wish to type and repeat the process. You can now spell check messages, documents, and emails using TalkBack. Spell check granularity was added to the, has been added to the reading controls. To jump to the previous or next occurrence of a misspelled word, switch to the spell check granularity. To get spelling suggestions, switch to actions in the reading controls. 
Let's see how spell checking works as I edit this message that I'm going to send to a friend asking him to lunch this weekend. So first I'm going to go to actions with uh, three finger swipe right. Action. And I'm going to swipe down to move to the beginning of the text. Move cursor to beginning. And double tap. Beginning of field. So now I'm at the beginning and I'm going to swipe left with three fingers to move to the spell check. Spell check. There you go. And I'll swipe down with one finger. WNT. And I'm going to swipe right with three fingers to actions again. Actions. Want. W-A-N-T. Text replaced. And actions. I've selected want from actions. So now I'm going to go back to spell check. Spell check. Lunch. Actions. Lunch. L-U-N-C-H. So and, uh, I will correct lunch. Text replaced. And let's go back to spell check. Spell check, pizza. And I'll swipe right, because somehow I misspelled pizza, the most important part. Actions, pizza, text replaced. Spell check. Let's go back to spell check. No misspelled word is found. And no more misspellings, so now I can send the message to my friend, and hopefully we can get some pizza. Send SM, sending message. We've added Braille tables in 38 languages, with more coming soon. You can use Braille Display using the new HID protocol with USB as of TalkBack 13.1, with support for the NLS e-reader coming soon in TalkBack 14. Cut, copy, and paste text with newly added Braille commands coming in TalkBack 14. The on-screen Braille keyboard allows you to type in Braille using the touchscreen. Today, we are announcing upcoming features for the keyboard to allow you for cursor movement, text selection, and editing. You can now select text and move cursor by character, word, and line while editing text using newly developed gestures. Additional gestures allow you to cut, copy, and paste using the on-screen keyboard. So I have a shopping list on the screen, and I'm going to edit this shopping list because I have two oranges in there, and I don't need that many oranges. So I'm going to move down by line. I'm going to hold dot one and swipe with dot four, swipe down with dot four. Blackberries, new line, oranges. Okay. So I've gotten down to oranges, and now I can either delete by word, or I can select oranges and just delete that word. So I'm going to hold down dot two. Oranges selected. And swipe up with two fingers, and now I have oranges selected. And I'm going to simply delete oranges. Oranges deleted. By swiping left. And now my shopping list does not have two oranges. Let's talk about reading mode. Reading mode is an app that allows for customized reading experience. You can change the theme and font and adjust font size. And you can have text read out loud while you follow along. You can download reading mode from the Play Store. Starting in Android 14, nonlinear font scaling allows you to increase the font up to 200% nonlinearly. What this means is that already large text will not increase at the same rate as small text. This avoids the potential for text being cut off 
when increasing font size. Now I'm going to hand it off to Charlene, who will talk about what's new in hearing accessibility. Thank you, Nimmer. I'm Charlene, product manager from Android Accessibility Team, focusing on hearing accessibility products. Let's take a look at what's coming in 2023 for people that are hard of hearing and deaf. We're making improvements across many of our hearing products in Android 14. Today, I would like to touch upon three major improvements, hearing aids experiences, notifications on system, and live caption. With Android 14, interacting with your hearing aids day-to-day -day will be more intuitive. Starting from setup, there's a dedicated flow from settings with clear identification of your hearing aids information Differentiating from all the other Bluetooth devices makes it super easy to connect your hearing aids to your device. Audio streaming will be more seamless and flexible. For example, you can wire notification sounds to your phone speaker phones, play music from Bluetooth speakers, while keeping the call streamed to your hearing aids. With quick controls, you can access your favorite hearing aid settings directly from the home screen without having to fiddle through settings. Coming to Android 14, notifications will be more helpful. In addition to getting notified through vibration and sound, you can also be notified visually with the flash of a camera or screen light. Flash notifications is useful for anyone who might miss audible alerts in a noisy environment or when the phone is simply out of reach. Besides system notifications, we're adding a new way to notify you of your harmful listening habits. With headphone loud sound alert, you will be notified when you've been listening on your device exceeding the recommended time and volume so you can take immediate actions to protect your hearing. Now onto one of our major captioning products, Live Caption. Live Caption captions audio play on your device in real time without connecting to the internet. You can get caption from the video sent through your messaging apps while watching YouTube, listening to the podcast, or even talking to someone else on the phone. Another neat feature is the ability to respond to the caller with text and just let the phone speak for you. This can also be useful when it's not convenient to speak on the phone, say when you're in a quiet room or in a busy subway. You get live caption directly from Pixel 5 and above and selected Android devices. There's more to come in 2023. All right. Now that we've heard about the accessibility-related product updates from Nima and Charlene, let's take a look at all the new developments for accessibility for developers. I'm Karen, an engineer on the Android Developer Relations team. And in this next section, we'll touch upon accessibility-related changes in Android 14 and how to prepare your app for the changes, new and improved accessibility APIs, updates to the accessibility testing framework, Android Studio updates that will help you further integrate accessibility in your development workflow, 
updates in Jetpack Compose to help make your Compose apps even more accessible. And lastly, some new resources we published to help you build more accessible apps. Let's start with an accessibility-related update made in Android 14. As Neemer previously mentioned, starting in Android 14, Android Now supports font scaling up to 200%. To ensure that extra-large text elements aren't scaled to be too large, the system applies a nonlinear scaling curve. This means that large text may not scale at the same rate as smaller text. What does this mean for you as an app developer? Well, if your app is using scaled pixel units to find text sizing, the scaling improvements will be applied automatically. However, you should still test your app with this change to ensure everything looks as expected. And you can do so by testing your app's UI with the maximum font size, using the font size option in the settings for display size and text. Be sure to check that the adjusted large text size is reflected in the UI for text elements and that the increased text size doesn't cause any text to be cut off or hidden. In general, follow best practices by always specifying text size and line height in SP units, use DP for padding, and wrap content for heights. For more best practice tips on font scaling, check out the guide we've linked here. Next, let's look at some new accessibility-related APIs that have been added in the past year. Privacy and security remains a top priority for Android. And with that in mind, we've introduced a new API that protects access to sensitive data. Introduced in API 34, the Accessibility Data Sensitive Attribute limits visibility to services that claim to help users with disabilities. Play Protect ensures that apps downloaded from Play are truthful about these claims. And we recommend users only download accessibility tools from sources they trust. Accessibility services declared as tools intended to help users with disabilities, such as TalkBack, will still be able to see and interact with apps as expected. This attribute can be useful for both protecting data and preventing critical actions from being executed unintentionally. For example, you may consider utilizing this attribute on views to protect plain text passwords, banking account details, or private messages. It can also prevent unwarranted actions by protecting buttons, such as the checkout button on a shopping app or the transfer money button on a banking app. You could set the accessibility data sensitive attribute in either the layout XML or call set accessibility data sensitive on the view itself. Let's see how this API can be applied to an example app. Here we have an example of a simple banking app and we're on the screen to transfer money to another account. The screen contains a text field for the amount of money to transfer and a button to confirm the transaction. To provide better security for the user, we can set both the text field and the button's accessibility data sensitive attribute to yes. This allows services that need the data, such as TalkBack, to still interact with both the text field and the button while hiding these views from those that are doing something other than helping people with disabilities. And if you're a user and not an engineer, all these details may get a bit obscure. But the bottom line is we're working hard to help apps work well with tools people need while keeping everybody's data safe. But you should still be careful when enabling an accessibility service, especially if you install it from somewhere that doesn't have a robust review process like the Play Stores. Next, let's talk about new APIs added that help improve the TalkBack users in-app experience. First, we've added set request initial accessibility focus to allow a UI element in the app to request accessibility focus 
when a window first appears. For example, on this screen with a list of items and a floating action button on the bottom right, the default accessibility focus order will first land on the list of items, since it's the first view drawn on the screen, and then focus on the floating action button. However, using the set request initial accessibility focus API, the floating action button can request for the initial accessibility focus. This will result in accessibility focus landing first on the floating action button and then on the list of items. In general, we recommend not modifying the accessibility focus order of a screen, as it can provide an inconsistent user experience across apps. However, you can consider using this API if it will help the user more easily navigate the app, such as helping them discover a floating action button. Our next new API is set min duration between content changes. This API allows an element to specify the frequency of talkback announcements for the element when it has accessibility focus. For example, let's look at this screen with a running timer that displays the number of seconds that has elapsed since the timer started. Without additional implementations, talkback would make an announcement every second. However, since a talkback announcement every second isn't very useful in this case, we can utilize the min duration between content changes API. By setting min duration equal to 10 seconds on the timer view, we can customize TalkBack to only make an announcement every 10 seconds. This way, TalkBack should only make the announcements 1 second, 11 seconds, and so on. In general, this API can be useful for a view that frequently updates, such as a timer view or a video progress bar, or for settings-related adjustments, such as when the user is adjusting the volume or brightness setting. These APIs are supported by TalkBack 14 and above, so be sure your device's TalkBack version is at least 14 when developing and testing. We are also currently working on providing similar APIs for Compose, so be on the lookout for more updates. In addition to all the work we've done on APIs, the team has also been working on improving the accessibility testing tools, including making improvements to the accessibility test framework. Android's accessibility test framework is a library that includes a set of accessibility checks that can be used in automated tests. It's used in a variety of tools to help you integrate accessibility testing into your development workflow. For example, ATF is the library that enables accessibility checks in Android Studio's Layout Editor, Accessibility Scanner, an app from Google that scans the app's UI to provide recommendations on how to improve accessibility of the app, Accessibility Checks and Espresso Unit Tests, and Play Store Pre-Launch Reports which surface potential accessibility improvements for your app when you upload your app to the Play Store. With a set of checks that are included in ATF, these tools are able to detect key issues of accessibility, such as ensuring each UI element includes a description readable by screen readers, interactive elements, such as buttons, are at least 48 dp large in both dimensions, and that text and images have adequate color contrasts so they are not difficult to read and understand. In addition to these key issues, ATF also checks for a list of other common accessibility issues. And in the latest version of ATF, we added a new check, text size check. This check looks for text that may have visibility problems related to text scaling, which is especially useful if you're testing your app with Android 14's new font scaling feature. The most important improvement we made to ATF is the ability for it to perform accessibility checks on more than just Android's view-based UIs. Thanks to recent improvements, ETF will support accessibility checks on screens built with Compose. 
And with this new improvement, we're happy to announce that we're working on enabling accessibility checks and composed previews. Let's take a sneak peek at how this might look in a future version of Android Studio. As you may recall, accessibility checks are already applied to views in the layout editor to help you find accessibility issues in your layouts. For example, if ATF detects that your view layout contains an interactable element with a small touch target, Android Studio will surface the error in the issues panel and suggest an appropriate fix. With recent improvements in ATF, a similar workflow will be enabled for Compose. When you are building a composable and previewing the layout, ATF checks can now run on that layout and surface potential accessibility issues. Let's see how this workflow will look in a sample app. Here, we're in the Now in Android project, and we're looking at the preview and item built with Compose. For this item, we have an icon, a title, a description, and a plus button. Looking at the description text, the contrast between the text color and the color of the background is very low, making it difficult to read the text. If we open up the Problems panel and then go to the Compose tab, we can see that Android Studio has flagged this insufficient text color contrast ratio on the item's preview. On the right-hand side, Android Studio offers an explanation about why this issue was flagged and suggestions on how to take steps towards fixing the issue. Double-clicking on the issue will also bring us directly to the part of the code where we can implement the fix. We hope that by having these accessibility checks as part of your development workflow, you'll be enabled to create even more accessible apps with Compose. Furthermore, we are now working on providing an easy way to add automated accessibility checking for Compose unit tests. You may recall that you can enable accessibility testing for your view-based tests by calling accessibility checks enable. You can even enable accessibility checks to run on the entire view hierarchy of the screen by adding set run checks from root view. For composed tests, we are working on something similar where you can enable accessibility checks as part of the test class setup. This is still a work in progress, but we've heard feedback from the community and we know that this is a highly requested feature. So we wanted to give you a preview of what to expect. Be on the lookout for accessibility checks and Compose unit tests in an upcoming release of Compose and Espresso. To better support users of accessibility services, Compose also recently made improvements related to the focus order algorithm in the 1.4 release. The ordering is now based primarily on size and position rather than tree structure. So it's less sensitive to implementation details like what type of scaffold your screen is using. The only case where tree structure still matters is with traversal group containers. In practice, this usually just means a surface or a lazy list. The improved algorithm is particularly helpful for screens that contain a top bar, ensuring that the top bar is ordered before the other elements on the screen. We also have a few more APIs coming in a future Compose release that give developers more control of the focus order, so be on the lookout for that. To cap it all off, we want to leave you with some new resources we've published recently. First, we've published a guide on how to improve the accessibility of your Wear OS apps. Wear OS enables you to develop apps that help users live more present, healthy, and productive lives. And it's important to consider accessibility when building these apps. General accessibility best practices still apply when building Wear apps, but there are a few extra factors to consider, such as different input types, such as the rotating side button, additional UI surfaces, such as tiles and complications, and smaller screen sizes. So be sure to check out the new guide to see how you can make your WarOS apps even more accessible.
Next, we've also published a set of new code samples to better demonstrate best practices for accessibility-related APIs. We've heard feedback from the community that it would be helpful to have short code snippets to demonstrate how to implement specific APIs, and an easy way to try out the intended behavior of each API. Thus, we've created this catalog of accessibility APIs for you to try out and experiment with. You can check out the code snippets on GitHub through the links shared here and build the app yourself to try out each API. We'll be updating this catalog of APIs on an ongoing basis, so this will be a great way to stay up to date on accessibility-related API developments. And that's it for now on developer updates. That was a lot. So we've compiled a list of resources to review all these updates here, and included links in the video description below. Thanks for watching, and as always, thanks for your interest in building more accessible Android apps. If you search for Android on the blog, you'll find that there have been articles talking about how malware has been able to take advantage of the accessibility framework and get its wares on your phone now again I'm not an Android user but I have read these kinds of articles and some of them have been technical and in the video the development team was saying that they are going to try and do a better job of making sure that those apps who actually need to communicate with you get the access that it needs and that TalkBack and other readers are not affected. But I'm curious on how this abusiveness of the Android accessibility has been so pervasive for so long. For example, let's take the yellow camera application as an example of an application that was known to be a bad app in a particular country. Now if you downloaded that app as the example app, you were here in the United States and it acted like a camera app. But let's say that you 
went from the United States to London. Now you could go search yellow camera and find out the exact country, but I'm using London as the example in this instance. If London was the country, which I don't believe it was, but if it was, then the app would be abusing the accessibility tools that TalkBack and other accessibility features need to give you the information you need to be able to use your phone. And it, in theory, then allowed the app to gain access to everything that you can access using TalkBack or Braille or any other accessibility tool without getting the permission that legitimate applications are inherently supposed to ask you for. Now, you're probably saying, well, these apps, when downloaded, do ask for all of this permission. And it claims that it won't work without all these permissions. Okay, I'll take that argument. But does a camera app absolutely need your text messaging data and your contact list by saying, I need accessibility well, I don't know if it would actually say I need accessibility access, but it, it would say that it needs all these permissions. And the best way it can would be to say something to the effect of I need access to the accessibility framework, which I don't think any app has ever asked for. Now, again, I'm not an Android user. I'm not a developer. And I'm just putting this out as a feeler. Maybe somebody knows, maybe they don't. But one of the things that I really hope that when I finally got a chance to listen to the video, which I did convert into audio, was this particular aspect. It was this particular aspect when I got to the developer portion, I thought, I wonder if they're finally going to try and clamp down with an example being yellow camera, which may or may not have abused accessibility tools. You guys can let me know and remind me of it. But... 
I just got to thinking about it during listening to it. And yes, I know I listened to it probably a month after this video was published, and I don't remember even what channel it was on. But I do know that this 23-minute video is something to be concerned about because even Scott Schober in a recent podcast talked about the abuse of the accessibility tools for Android. And on the security box, you will hear that particular audio. I was going to play it on this particular podcast, but I can't seem to find the file. And I already know it's available for Clubhouse to be heard. But that's okay. You can hear it in the security box. I think the changes in regards to Braille and speech are good. I don't know the gestures at all on Android, so the demo seems good enough for me and easy to correct those spelling mistakes. You know, Braille seems to be coming along, although both iOS and Android probably have a lot of work to do, and I'm not a Braille uh, user on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see what the landscape is about. That's why we're here. We don't have to use every single device. We can learn about it. And if we're asked, we can assist. So that'll complete my talk today. You can email or iMessage tech, that's T-E-C-H, at M-E-N-V-I dot O-R-G. You can send a WhatsApp message or a text message to 804-442-6975. And I hope that we can continue the discussion on this important set of updates. I think they have a good way to go. If they can find a way to where malicious apps don't get accessibility access and get access to your data that is so precious to you, the user of the operating system, that is the best thing we can hope for. And maybe these changes that were mentioned in this video may be worth the first step.
for the Technology Blog and Podcast. I'm Jared Reimer saying thanks so much for listening. And please, make it a great day. Attention podcast subscribers. Stitcher, one of our podcast partners, will be closing its doors on August 29th, 2023. According to email we've received, they will continue to operate until this date. They thank everyone for the opportunity over the last decade to have the best possible podcast listening experience. We will look to get our podcasts available through SiriusXM as there was a link in the email to do so. This may be a significant change and they advise that we put out a notice both at the beginning and the end of each podcast. So that's exactly what we're doing. If you would like direct links to our content, please visit technology blog and podcast link jaredtech.help and look under the links around the website for uh, information in regards to RSS and uh, contact information and if you're listening to this through the dual feed on 986 The Mix you can find a direct podcast subscription link on our podcast page at 986themix.com slash podcasts. If you have any questions or you would like direct links sent directly to you by email, please send me an email at jaredreimer at 986themix.com. That's J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com. You can send them regardless of what podcast you are listening to. And I will be happy to send you the corresponding link. Please make sure that you tell me which podcast you are coming from so I can send you the appropriate link. Thank you so much for listening, and do make it a great day.